Welcome to an Aries and Pisces walk into a coffee shop, the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Bridget, she, her. And I'm Tiffany, she, her. This is a podcast where two friends let go of perfectionism and talk unedited. Chaos is good for the soul. Yes, it is. <laughs> for a long day. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, welcome to today. Welcome to chaos. Um, I was like really hesitant about showing up with this hair. Oh, because we're in process? Yeah, we're in we're in the middle of it and I I'm surprising. I'm like hearing an echo in my thing. So I don't know if that's a, it's a very faint echo. It may or may not actually exist. But I don't hear you echoing. Okay. Just in case. It's only sometimes. I don't know. Hmm. Um, so I'm surprisingly chill about this. Whereas I yeah. think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like years ago, I would not have been so chill. But I'm like way more chill about my hair now. Good. All your experimenting's been working. Y- yes. Yes. No. It's a- you know what I mean? <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Uh huh. The um, experimenting is working. Yes. And when the experiments don't go as I hoped. Mm. Um, it's still like, I, I think I was feeling like annoyed. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, it's still like the undesirable, like feelings and everything are still coming up. However, I think they're much less than they would have been in the past. Right. And it seems like you're recovering from them more quickly. Yeah. Which is the point. Right. Yeah. Not to be so stressed for so long about something. Yeah. It almost like, it feels like it has more, le- like I, there's more levity now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that feels great because I mean, of course, like I wanted to sit down and just like do my hair and have it done and like be done with it and have it yep. look perfect and great. But that's not exactly how it goes when you're doing at home hair experiments. It's also not how it necessarily goes if you go to a salon either. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I've had some disasters that I paid for. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Same. And yeah. Right. Like we, when we were removing the red from my hair years ago, um, that was very much a process of, okay, let's do one round, see where we're at. Mm -hmm. And depending on where we're at is what we'll like work with and send you off with in the meantime. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's how I ended up with like that really cool, like coral hair and like stuff that I hadn't planned on, but it was like, that's what my hair wanted to do in between. So we leaned into it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that ended up being some of the best hair when it was just like leaning into what my hair wanted to do. Right. I've Mm. never heard you describe it that way. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, what is, 
<laughs> what is next? I know exactly what happened though. It like, it hit me the other night and I was like, oh, exactly what happened. It makes a hundred percent sense. Oh, okay. Like, so I don't, what? I don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Because it was more predictable. Um, I think maybe cause like when we did it and my hair was wet, it looked, I think it looked worse. And I was like, this is just the biggest disaster ever. Mm -hmm. And then it dried and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then later on, I realized that like, it was, you know, like the different levels of my hair that had different levels of hair dye on it <clears throat> reacted differently. Right. And I think just like knowing what happened instead of the looking at it and being like, this is a disaster. Oh my God, where did we go wrong? Oh, cause nothing went wrong. It yeah. went it went. Of course, this yeah. is how it would go. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like this reframing. This is nice. Yeah. So um, we'll see this weekend. We're planning on getting into it again. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I really like this attitude of yours. It also doesn't help that, like, I hate this color here. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Is it, like, too light or something? Uh, or... It's too um, wrongly yellow. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah? I see like, what you mean. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, it's the same with what we've talked about plenty of times, where someone else looking at us is like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> and then yeah. us who, like oh no, I cannot have a body now. This, is, this, is, this hair isn't sitting right. This, this isn't, isn't the right it. color. This isn't right. what I thought. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm also in that spot of um, the bangs are too long. Mm. And uh, it's weird now, like you can see my dark eyebrows through the bangs and that's giving me a whole Oh, I hadn't considered that. That too. would be wild. Yeah, because yeah. you're not used to that. Right, but they need to be like... A bit short. It's it's a whole thing. I'm gonna trim them today. That's gonna be good, mm -hmm. and then color on the weekend. Well, mm -hmm. bleach and then color. We'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. This is the weirdest experiment of like How so going back to red mm -hmm. after I had that point in my life where I was like, got to get rid of the red. It's not me anymore gotta get right. rid of the bangs it's not me anymore got mm -hmm. and then you know I've come back to the bangs and then I was like oh I want the red hair back it's so interesting I was <laughs> reflecting on my own journey back to dyeing my hair red um because someone was asking me about it and I was reflecting and I kind of have like my spiel like my <laughs> your like my my condensed version because obviously we've talked at length about like how spiritually important <laughs> go backwards yeah. and like reclaim this color for myself after yes. you know having done it for over 10 years and the weirdness of having it with a haircut I've never had before mm. in my mm -hmm. life and my journey to getting rid of the red heavy air quotes was more accidental than yours mm. I never thought I need this to be gone and is it me it was just kind of a natural progression of like playing. 
because I had a collaborator that was really excellent at color and creative and fast. So when I was going to see him, I wanted to do something slightly different with my hair, but I didn't know what. And so what I ended up doing is just kind of going with some adjectives or I would like see a color palette online that I thought was like really beautiful. And I'd be like, what do you think? And then he very excitedly would just be like, all right, let's go. I have an idea. And like occasionally would check in with me and then like, well, what if, but most of the time was just like, are you chill if I just, and I normally would be like, okay. So it was just like a slow progression of like my hair getting less and less red. Cause we were putting more and more different colors into the red. Okay. Until eventually it was just like, well, what if we, and then I ended up with all kinds of color scapes. And the last one I ended up with was like the greens, which was completely accidental. Like, I never made a conscious decision that I was going to go from red to green. It just kind of naturally progressed as we played from, like, reds with more blues with more, like, magenta-y purple-y. And then I think we eventually played with blues into the green palette. So then when I moved away and didn't have that person to play with anymore, I just stuck with the green because I was just like, well, now I don't know what to do. And it was interesting. The last time I went and got my hair trimmed um, with the stylist I have now, um, she made a remark of how funny it was that when I came to her, I had long green hair. And now I'm at the opposite side of the <laughs> spectrum where I have a red pixie cut. <laughs> Which is how I left my last stylist. Oh, sort of. I still had long hair. I, I went to him with very long red hair, and then I left with long green hair. Um, <laughs> and so hearing you be like, the contrast is interesting to me. Because I didn't think mine was an accident until I started reflecting on it. Mm. Until hearing you were like, mine was a decision. I was like, yeah. I did not make a decision. I just <laughs> bumbled along until... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, mine was like so, um, I don't know if I want to say like intense or hard of a decision that like mm. my identity is shifting and this needs to change. And I wanted to pull the red out of my hair to go purple. Mm, mm -hmm. And then, and then the journey of it was happening. And then I had that like coral and then it was like a lighter coral and then it was yellow. And then, um, well, it was orange before all of that. <laughs> um, but I think that like, I didn't get to the point of purple. And then I also was in the midst of such a, just like identity shifting internally that I was like, mm. do I even want the purple? I also went through like a green phase. I thought that I was going to do green and green hair is like something. I love green hair. Your Sometimes green hair. I miss it. Your green hair was so good. I would have gone with a different kind of green. Um, I'm I, for me, I was thinking more of like a, like an emerald, like a, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, I, I think that like, I just 
got to a point of like, I made this decision, but then like I started questioning everything like really heavily. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't end up doing the purple. Like I didn't end up doing the things that like I thought that like I wanted to do. And then I just let it all grow out. Right. I also think that the magical, wonderful stylist that I was going to quit working, like something happened. That sounds correct. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with me is I felt very sure about how I wanted my hair to look for a while. For me, though, it happened later. It was the pandemic time. Yeah, this was like right. This was leading Mm -hmm. right up into the pandemic. Yeah. And mine was like, I felt really good about my green bob and I was having a lot of fun with like adding in some blue and playing with the different shapes of a bob. And then the pandemic, I was just like, I don't know what I want to look like. I don't Mm -hmm. know what's happening. I think Mm -hmm. that I'm just going to keep on chopping the ends off. So I feel alive. I don't bleach my hair at home because I'm afraid. So it just kept growing out. And I was just like, well, um, it probably would have been a prime time to grow my hair out. But at the time, everything was so in flux. And I was going through such a mental health time before the pandemic. Then the pandemic compounded the mental health time. So I think cutting my hair continuously was like the only thing I had. Well, I guess we're keeping the bob. And then I don't know what happened. I kept on saying, I think I'm going to grow it out. And now I have a pixie cut. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Listen, it happens. It happens to the best of us. I'm just like, I'm wowed. Like, this is the longest my hair's ever been. And um, the last time my hair was the longest it was ever, I chopped it all off into a pixie. Oh, that looks so good. Remember your and shark that- fin? I think that was the only good. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Good part of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I chopped it off into the pixie. I did my little, <laughs> Your my sweet little fin, swoop. and then I, I immediately it. started growing it out. Yeah. Again. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I. I'm also kind of grateful for the ways that I decided to like what I decided to do with my hair over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like I took the, uh, those razor haircutting classes from Jane Matthews and I just started cutting my own hair. And like through that found such fucking empowerment mm. and it wasn't even necessarily through the hair, like the cutting aspect, but I got mm-hmm. it like adjacent of the like dyeing my hair at home which I had mm-hmm. been doing for how 20 years I don't, yeah and I didn't realize how much like shame and stories I had like tacked onto that Ooh, about like doing yeah. my hair at home and like embarrassment like all of the all of the things like always thinking that like uh you know like what I was doing wasn't good enough Right. Or like somebody at a salon, you know, like would see it and like say something I, or like jud- be judging me. That's, you right. know, mm-hmm. but like Jane's classes just made me a like realize that I was holding on to all of that and B to help like let it go. Yeah. Because like she teaches that in these classes, you're going to cut your hair and 
um, that you have like, what's the word? I don't know if it's like empowered or like that, like you mess it up and like, you have the right to mess up your hair. You have the right to cut your hair. You have the right to do whatever you want, um, like to your body. And just to me to be like, I have the right to mess up my hair. Like was that felt like revolutionary. And it's like like, radical autonomy, right? Yeah. Like you get to mess up something and, or make it whatever you want with no one else's input. Right. Yeah. And she teaches a lot of like very imperfect haircuts and hairstyles and that that is the point. Like it doesn't need to be perfect. Like you can have hair that is like lived in and does what it wants to do and like, you know, like work with what you've got and like, that's great. And I think that that's like what I needed when I was Mm -hmm. like giving myself the curtain bangs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized that it just wasn't working for me to have like hair in my actual face. Um, And I was like, I want my straight bangs back because that's what I, I really like them. It works Mm -hmm. really well for me. If I don't have the bangs, there's too much hair in my face and I just like can't. So I think with like learning to let go of all of that perfection I've now been able I cut my own bangs in and I've been Mm -hmm. keeping them up for like however long I've I cut them in for like and that to me is just absolutely wild because last time I had these bangs I was like blowing them out every morning flat ironing them like I had to go get them trimmed so they were Mm -hmm. absolutely perfect like if I like I felt like I couldn't do it on my own. I would just mess them up. And now I'm just like, they're here. They drive, they do what they want. They go where they want. I trim them. They're like, great. Okay. It's so freeing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) (sighs) I've been having a much more minor version of what you're doing. And what I mean by minor is um, I've been doing what you're doing, but in smaller steps and with more mm. stress. <laughs> I'm having a hard time letting go. Because mm. um, ironically, I've been trimming my bangs for a really long time. I'm realizing now that you're talking because I guess I didn't realize that you, I think we talked about how you always felt really I don't know if insecure is the right word about trimming your own bangs, but I remember us having that conversation, but I guess I didn't realize how um, deep that went because like, because we had straight bangs around the same time and I trimmed mine all the time. Mm. Um, and then, but, and that didn't feel that revolutionary to me what started feeling really crazy is when I got those baby bangs and cause that is more of a technique to keep mm-hmm. those trimmed. You, like, cause when I had like just the straight across bangs, I felt like I can trim these a tiny bit at a time and be fine. Um, but then when I started getting the baby bangs and they had to like lay a certain way, you had to like cut into them and not just across and like make them a little bit more wispy. That's when I was just like, I am powerful. I am okay. And there's always a moment where I would like go in at them and there'd be 
at least 30 seconds, if not more, of just pure panic of like, <laughs> what have I done? What are you going to do? And I think now that I'm saying that out loud, I know where it comes from. Because when I was a kid, I cut my bangs like real short. And when I say a kid, I was probably was five, maybe mm-hmm. even four. And I still vividly remember the look on my sister and mother's face when they saw me. And I was excited. I had the best time. I didn't know I looked bad until I saw them and they like freaked out. And then I freaked out and cried a lot. And then I had to wear those like big wide headbands, like the stretchy kind that you put over your head. I don't know for how long, but it was my signature look because like my mom and sister were not letting me leave the house with my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Teeny tiny little thing. Um, and so I think that might be where the panic comes from, where there's a moment of like, am I going to embarrass my family? which is so ironic because the answer is yes like I do not look like most of the people in my family have done some stuff like between the dye and the piercings and like how much makeup like all my black clothes yes I've embarrassed my family a lot um but I still seem to care in other Mm. ways Isn't that wild? Like what our bodies, what our like nervous systems hold on to? Yeah. And I should say, I mean, it's gotten a lot better. My family's not embarrassed anymore. I mean, I've even gotten compliments on some of the things that I've done that in the past would have horrified my mother. Um, So there has been progress, but yeah, the body does in fact remember. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. Shoot, that 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 thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting for me going through all of this uh process and with the like the cutting of my own hair and the remembering. And I mm-hmm. distinctly remembered a time in high school where I was with somebody and we for some reason stopped in to say hi or talk to their hairstylist in the mall and Mm -hmm. she made some like offhanded comment like oh did you dye your hair at home or like something like that or use like a box dye like some like some comment like that and I was Mm -hmm. like yeah because like I loved my hair I was like yeah and she's like yeah I can tell and I remembered like oh shit that has stuck with me like and I was like no wonder I feel like shitty about you know you were judged yeah at a very impressionable age and you felt good about it which is kind of like feels worse yeah you're like I love this and someone is like I know like I was I've been thinking about that about like what I want to do this week like going out because um <laughs> some of this is just absolutely wild where some of it makes sense for what was going on in my head. And some of it was just maybe like application error. Um, But like, just thinking of like, Oh, if I go out in public, I'm going to be perceived, right. (laughs) This thing. And like, yeah. And like, but also just like the thoughts of that, like, it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. you know, like it doesn't matter what people think about my hair like it doesn't like so there's the one hand that's being like oh my god I don't want these people to like judge me and be like oh she has like terrible hair and like 
I don't, you know, I don't want that. But then on the, this other hand, I'm like, it's not their hair. It's not affecting them in any way. This also got me thinking about like compliments and how we give people compliments. And if you give somebody like a quote unquote good compliment or something that is like positive or well-received, you know, this other person is like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, like if you're like, I love your hair, like, thank you so much. Like, it looks so great. Like, oh, great, great. Awesome. But if that person was to instead be like, oh, your hair's awful. Like, you, you know, like the ways that we let other people's like words and opinions dictate like how we feel, but like all, none of it matters. It doesn't matter if you like my hair. I'm yeah. not do I'm not doing my hair for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't matter if you don't like my hair. Like that to me is like a wild thing to like toss around. Well, right, because all of our lives we've been taught that we need to care what other people (laughs) and that we should be looking away for other people. (laughs) So then to challenge that um, does feel really wild because it's going against all the conditioning of society that especially femmes, but I'd argue all humans have to look or appear or Mm -hmm. present a certain way to make people more comfortable or accepting. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Big yikes. Yeah, yikes. Fuck it all. (sighs) Yeah, being Uh, perceived as a time. It is is a time. And I have uh, physical therapy this afternoon. Mm. So I'm still like, Uh, trying to decide what I'm going to do with my hair. Like when I need to leave the house, like, am Mm. I going to put it up? Because this weekend I was wearing one of those headbands that you were Uh, just talking about. They work wonders (laughs) for a lot of things. They hide many a mishap (laughs) or process. (laughs) That's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that might be in the cards. Um, but I don't know, maybe I will just very boldly go out like this and see what happens to my internal landscape. I love that experiment and I want a report if that's what you end up doing. (laughs) Well, actually I want to report either way. I want to see what you ended up deciding and why and what you felt about it at the time. But I am particularly invested in what it would be like for you to be like, I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to go out like this anyway, because I tried to do that with some minor things and it is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Being perceived in general has been a struggle for me, but some days I love this short hair. Most of the time though, I'm just like, what is it doing? Who am I? Why does it have to be like this? I thought this was going to be easier to style. It's harder. <laughs> and then having to go outside when I'm having one of those uh, days. Uh-huh. Oh, you should have saw me this morning. Oh. And I'm still not even sure what's happening. But this morning it was so much worse. I was just like, what do I do? I wear a head wrap. Like, what do I do? I don't know what this is trying to do. I don't know how to make it do what I want. Um, it ended up settling in fine. But when I woke up this morning, I was just like, how am I going to live <laughs> being perceived? 
Oh my God. That's when I was growing, when I was growing mine out, that's when I was wearing a lot of, um, the scarves in my hair. Yeah. I think I might be in a scarf era soon. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, maybe I'll change my mind after I get my hair trimmed in a couple of weeks and I'll be a, a brand new person and like not have any of those feelings. But yeah, I think part of it is just with the short hair, two weeks goes by and it's a totally different mm-hmm. haircut. Mm-hmm. And then I have to relearn how to handle it because, oh, this is interesting though. With my hair this short, I'm learning so much about my growth patterns and what my hair does, like as it gets longer and like what parts get heavier faster. I found out oh. one side of my head grows faster than the other. Uh-huh. I didn't know that before. Oh, <laughs> look at what <laughs> you're learning. Yeah. And I thought I was making it up until my hairdresser also said something about it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I thought so too, right? <laughs> she was just like, yeah, definitely. Because she's like, unless you've been cutting it. And I was like, no, I hadn't. At that time, I hadn't. There are times where I do. But I was like, no, I've been just leaving it alone. Isn't this wild? And she's just like, yeah, interesting. So I don't know if that what that means other than it's kind of neat to <laughs> find out certain things about my, my own head of hair that I just probably never would have realized if I yeah. always kept it long. That is neat. We're always, we're always learning. Wow. Yeah. Having a body is so interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot because there's, um, uh, an episode of we can do hard things where Glennon was talking about how she's just uncomfortable with having a body. Like the whole mm-hmm. experience of being a body is so strange. Actually, this might've been what we might've been the same episode we were talking about, um, in May. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I think we might have talked about it, but um, the idea that we don't have a body, we are our body, Mm -hmm. I cannot stop thinking about that because Mm -hmm. I don't, for most of my life, I didn't think that way. Mm -hmm. Um, It just felt like I needed to control this thing that I had been given that wasn't working the way I wanted it to. And I forgot like... (laughs) Yes, I have a body, but I also am it. Like, my whole experience of this plane of existence is through this thing. Mm-hmm. And figuring out how to come to peace with that and work alongside it instead of against it all the time has been strange. Indeed. That, that episode also was like a mind blown for me. And have we talked about this on here? Yeah, I don't know. I prob- think we did. I think it was when, I think it's the embodiment episode with Dr. Hillary. Okay. But it's not like the only time I've ever heard that. Why that episode really hit for me was because it was encapsulating so many things I had been learning with like somatic therapies and like through trauma work. Um the body keeps the score book, mm-hmm. like all of that was saying the same things that like, yeah, we have a body and also are this body. And it was the somatic um, modalities that I was like, oh, and we can work with it instead of just being, um... oh, that's dark. I was going to say victimized by it. <laughs> it does feel that way sometimes, like that out of control feeling of like, oh no, yes this is just happening to me and there's nothing to do about it. Um, 
the somatic modalities have helped me be like, oh, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like those, um, that thought isn't, uh, I think it makes sense, especially with like chronic pain. You can feel like a victim in your own body with that stuff. Um, I, I wanted to bring up something kind of body related. I made a note to give you an update. Um, I thought it was funny thinking about the cold plunge of it all. Oh, and that the cold plunge episode that we released, I thought that it was great that in the description, since we released or we recorded it in what, like winter, spring, and then released yeah. it in summer. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this is curious. Like, does Bridget still feel the same way now in summer? And okay, so we're recording this in the beginning of August. Yeah. And I wanted to give you a summer cold plunge update. Okay, yes. Okay. Lay it on me. Okay, right. So my thoughts were that <clears throat> the winter is a bad time to do a cold plunge because mm-hmm. my body is already cold and uncomfortable. I'm not going to put it through that extra discomfort. So in the summer, when my body is like warm and like feeling better, that would be a good time to do a cold plunge because I can handle it. Mm-hmm. So I was curious and I tried to turn the shower water a bit cold, but it's still the same fucking thing. I'm still a hard no on the cold, like mm-hmm. especially in the shower where you can only get bits and pieces. It's tiny needles of cold. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. But then this interesting thing happened where I went to the skate park for the first time and thoroughly wrecked my body. Like I fell multiple times and really like, it really like shocked me and like hurt me. I was hurting and I was like, my brain had the idea of take a cold bath. Like you need ice all over your body. So obviously the way to do it is by getting in a cold bath. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess this is the cold plunge, but it like felt like the moment for it. Yeah. So I made the cold bath, not like super cold, but just like definitely wasn't warm. Um, But here's the problem is that my bathtub, I think was just designed for like a small child. Mm. Like I'm only five, four. I can't get my whole, my whole thing in this bathtub. Like, yeah. So it's Most either that I'm like that. It's either that I'm like sitting there and my legs are in mm-hmm. or I like put my torso in and my legs are out. Yep. And I was like this still isn't. I need it to I need to be all in or nothing cuz it was like insufferable. It was I, it was awful. I had to add some like warm water into it so I could at least like cuz I put Epsom salts and stuff in and I was like yeah. I wanted to at least like soak in that. So I added a little bit of like warm water. So it felt like I could at least uh, take turns soaking my torso and my legs like uh-huh. off and on and like rolling over. So like this arm could be in and then this arm could be. Yes. I know anyway. that dance, <clears throat> the bathtub dance. Yeah, I'm just not about it. And I thought that it was really interesting that um, on Instagram, on my personal Instagram, I had asked people what they do when they're feeling disenchanted with life. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends replied back to it. And he said, doing a cold bath every, he might have said every week, like it was very like, and then we like messaged back and forth about it. 
and he has like the exact temperature that he like sets it at and like measures it and like for the like amount of time or whatever and like regularly does it and swears by it and he's like yeah and in the summer the water doesn't get cold enough so i do have to add ice to it to get it the right temperature and i was like you are so fucking dedicated i was very impressed very impressed very impressed and i was like not for me (laughs) you're like that's incredible aspirational not for me though (laughs) yeah no absolutely not for me but then i was also thinking like oh my god like how do people like to me like the thought of doing that seems like the most monumental crazy wild thing to do to like take care of yourself to do some like self-care but then Mm -hmm. i got to thinking that like well, maybe that doesn't feel that way to him. And then right. I like, maybe it just does to me because I also like, don't like baths in general, but I've heard that people enjoy baths. I've heard that there are people out there that enjoy taking baths for like, yeah, I'm one you of know, them. yeah. For like, mm-hmm. for self-care, for like soaking, for like intuition stuff, for like decompressing, for cleaning yep. your body. I've heard that people like those. Yeah. That's me. I'm one of those <laughs> rare but unicorn like, humans. <laughs> Soaking hot water. <laughs> and I do, in fact, do it for my mental health probably even more than my body. But my body also benefits because the, the heat with the chronic pain and Epsom salts does help. Um, okay. So I was thinking about that, that all mm-hmm. of these absolutely crazy wild people that actually enjoy baths, that maybe that's not like a hard thing, you know, for you to do because you actually like enjoy it. I mean, the way he's doing it sounds really wild to me because, yes, I love a bath, but I also have um, some neuro neurodivergent things where um, the actual doing – so, like, okay, if there was no effort involved in, like, making the bath happen, I probably would take them a lot more, but I also have to get over my own hurdles of – like because preparing the bath takes time Mm -hmm. and i have a lot uh like the bath has to be so clean for Mm -hmm. me to want to sit in it and so i have to clean the bath detail the bath and then make the bath and because i am who i am i can't just like oh i threw some hot water in the bath and i'm gonna sit in it no i need salts i need scents i need a candle like i have to do the whole thing and Uh i just sometimes don't have the capacity to do all the things and so i'm like a bath sounds so good and i'll think about it for maybe all day and then the end of the day comes and i'm like you know what i'm tired i'm going to bed and i don't take the bath Uh but there's other times where the desire for the bath makes me do all of those things which normally would be super hard for me to do all those small tasks to lead up to the the thing. Mm -hmm. But because I do know I'm going to feel so much better and I do enjoy it, it makes me do the things that normally would be really hard for me. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit of both. And now Mm -hmm. the cold bath, that does sound wild to me because I, and maybe this is still a neurodivergent thing. I'm not sure. But even things I know for a fact always make me feel better, sometimes it's very hard for me to get to them. Yeah. Like the bath, like yoga, like walking outside. Like sometimes it's very difficult for me to do those routinely, even though I know for a fact I'm going to feel better after. Yeah. 
I, de I definitely also feel that because then I was thinking of like, oh, well, what are the self-care things that I do that I feel like are easy or just like doable for me to do mm -hmm. that? Oh, well, maybe somebody else might look at that and be like, oh, that's like wild. How does she do that all the time? Um, but yeah, one of those things is like walking. I mean, even your journaling practice, I know yeah. so many people that are so resistant to journaling. It would, and especially the dedication you have to it and the way mm -hmm. you do it. I know so many people that would look at you and be like, absolutely not. What are you talking about? Yeah. What do you even write down? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, know the answer to that as an avid journaler. But I've talked to so many people that were like, you journal? Why? How? And I know that like, because you're even more dedicated and habitual about it than I am. Um, and I know a lot of people that would be absolutely flabbergasted by that. I mean, the me, me five years ago would have been that person absolutely mm. flabbergasted by it. I want like I tried to journal for my whole life. And I just like, couldn't get it. And I was like, I am not a person who writes. I am not a person who does a journal. I don't know what this is. And then I just, I, who knows, some, <clears throat> something clicked and something, something happened. And now that's like, that's my shit. I like, can't live without it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've talked to like many people that are like, Bridget, like, that's so impressive. Like, how do you do that every single day? And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, that's the one thing that I literally don't think about. I don't have to question it. It doesn't, there is zero resistance to doing mm. it. That is like one thing, <laughs> like the one thing, uh, maybe two. Cause I'm making my smoothie in the morning. Those two things like, which are oh, kind wow. of like paired together. Yeah. Um, I, I don't question it. It's just like, this is what I need to do to like survive, to live my life. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I know that I need to eat every day. Well, I know that I need to journal every day. It's like the same, it's on the same level, but nothing else is <laughs> like, you know, like, like going for a walk or like doing yoga or like mm -hmm. things that I know, these are things that I love and that help me to feel better in whatever way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, it's the, like, there's, there can be so much of that resistance to like starting it like getting it going like I could be thinking about it off and on for forever but like yes. do I, can, can I actually like do it is that's so hard I am just having a thought though that as we're talking maybe that is the internalized perfectionism of oh the things we do for ourselves aren't good enough unless because I was just as I was saying listening to you talk about the yoga thing, like, I think that there are people that would be flabbergasted that we go back to yoga at all. Like, I know people that have said, Oh, I should do yoga. I think that would be helpful for me. And then like, yeah, you and I might go a while without doing like a formal yoga practice, but we always return to it in one way or another eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yoga to me feels like a, like a core part of, like a core foundational part of my being. Like I look at, like if I'm doing 
other movement or exercise or something. This. It's that like, yeah, it's that like mm-hmm. that foundation to where like I, it's that like connection to my body. So I right. have some kind of awareness when I go into something else. Yes. That I can pull from. Exactly. And I think that, uh, and that's just an example. I mean, the same thing with, I mean, any of the self-care practices, just because you don't do them all the time or habitually doesn't mean that you're not, what is the, what am I trying to get at? I feel like there, there's a little, a bit of a, a judgment that I need to uncover there where it's just like, Cause I even did it with you just now where I'm like, Oh, you're better at journaling than even me, mm. blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like mm. thinking about it and I'm like, but other people don't journal at all ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, what if like I, yeah. Cause I think that when you said that to me, I was like, in my head, I was like, wait a second, like Tiffany, like the writer, Tiffany, the journaler, Tiffany, like is trying to say that I'm, better like I was I think that hit me but I it didn't I didn't know what to do with it what (laughs) what if I I think that you can't say that I'm a better journaler than anybody Uh you know I think that's what I'm getting at yeah because there's an underlying judgment of like comparison there that doesn't mean anything right because you journal in the way that works for you and even oh you know what else it is It's the, you can't keep perfect balance all the time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. literally balancing means constant adjustments. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think I get judgmental with myself when certain self-care things go by the wayside, but it's because I'm balancing something else or my focus is being pulled in a different way. And instead of judging myself for that, I think my scope gets too narrow and I need to widen it out where I'm like, overall, Uh it's balanced if the scope is wider. But yeah, yeah, if you're looking in the moment, like someone standing on one leg and then like kind of buckling looks like bad balance, but it's not. They're learning something. Mm. Even in that moment of topple. And it's so funny because I would give that to anybody else. But I'm now realizing I'm not giving that to me very often. Interesting. Mm. Hmm. I think that we just like, (laughs) we just chiseled away at like something just now. I think we're really like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like an archaeologist. I'm like going to grab a paintbrush. I'm going to start dusting off crevices. Like there's something real deep in there that I don't think I... I think I let that go on and examine for a while. Ooh, interesting. This is good. <laughs> this is good. I also think that I really needed to hear all of that and that it needs to marinate. Yeah. That's something I think, oh, the spiral staircase thing of like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I know this. Here we are again. (laughs) The fucking spiral staircase. Uh, So this is like our, you know, like each podcast episode. And then afterwards, it's just going to be like featuring the spiral staircase of learning. (laughs) We should get matching spiral tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. I think uh, I think I know what we're doing when I come to visit. Yeah, just a little sacred geometry to remind us that, you know, we're doing a really good job, which I think is our tagline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny because I was just thinking that earlier. I was like, we say that every time, but I was like, we are doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah. we should tell ourselves that because we, we should. deserve it. Yes. Wouldn't it be funny if every episode after this, we just named, we're doing a really good job. <laughs> we're doing a really good job, number 133. <laughs> In summary, <laughs> we're, really doing, we're really doing a good job, and you probably are too. <laughs> I, I would venture to guess that, yes, that is indeed the case. <laughs> Oh. <sighs>